conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, and it's time for a friendship bracelet. <laughs> um, I may be in Brooklyn trying to make it in this economy, but I'm still a mean girl and in high school. <laughs> oh, I love a little Alex McCord. So stupid. Try to survive <laughs> in this economy moment, aren't we all? We oh, are. Some of us are trying to survive, and some of us, my friend, are trying to hide. And this is a little round of hide-and-go-seek. Guys, uh, you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 211. And I'm so excited to be joined by someone who has been on the People's People's Couch before and who I love talking to, a BravoCon bestie. Guys, welcome back, co-host of the podcast, Come Through Queen. Not only one and only, only you, oh, only words fun times Brendan Davis wow that intro thank you so much I mean the one the only Mr. Brendan Davis who I did truly meet at BravoCon I feel like I had had you had we engaged with each other that's a fun way to put it on anything no 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 we met at BravoCon I think through Lewis Peitzman because he was someone like in the crowd who I knew and then it was after that horrible um Beverly (laughs) the Beverly Hills I knew as soon as you said horrible (laughs) it could only be the VH after that we ran to each other to yeah we I think we walked over to that other space and went to like the Mm -hmm. producers panel and then like Mm -hmm. we ended up in the summer house thing and then we ended up in the Luann thing. I mean, that's how kind of things go. Oh, and the Luann. So Luann closed BravoCon with a special performance of the Countess and Friends or whatever. But it was so odd to me because every event at BravoCon was stacked with Bravo Lebrons. So it would be like so-and-so, but also three other people, likely from other franchises. Phenomenal. So Lou and Friends, you would think she would bring on Sonia. You would think she would bring on... I don't know, Kim Zolciak. You would think that she would bring on 
Melissa Gorga, mm-hmm. any number of performing Bravo Labs. And she had a lovely comedian, but she didn't have any other talent. And she was also like an hour, hour and a half late for I know. the show. And it was a, like, it was a Sunday night. So like an hour and a half yeah. later on a Sunday night is kind of just like bleak. I just was happy to be belly up to the bar, uh, mm-hmm. just like chatting. And that was fine for me. I mean, we stayed at the bar the entire performance, Mm -hmm. and it was honestly one to remember. I loved it. I can't imagine being in a seat in the theater just because we had access to so many drunken women spilling out of their beaded outfits. I loved every single one Mm -hmm. of them. They were out of their minds plastered. People started drinking at like 9 a.m. And this is at God only knows o'clock at night. And it was truly three days of strong turtle time. And people were rowdy. And it was I honestly, truly, it was like one of my favorite moments at BravoCon. I had so much fun just staying at the bar the entire yeah, time. Yeah, just watching people. Like if if BravoCon comes back and you're a mm-hmm. person who you might not fit the the uh, dynamic of who actually would go to BravoCon, if you can snag mm-hmm. a ticket and just go watch these these people, mainly like oh middle aged to elderly women, love, just like getting lit. It's it's yes. wild. I mean, and as someone who is perpetually mid-20s plus, it is a spiritual place in which I live. Mm-hmm. It was wild because the demographic was, like, overwhelmingly, and we spoke to so many people. We introduced, you know, we're chatty mm-hmm. people. We um, we podcast for a living um, uh, or a pursuit. Um, it felt like the women, at least at the Lou... Uh, event. I mean, the demographics were really honestly different according to the panel. Sure. Like the panel at the Atlanta event was different than the panel for Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, the quality was also enormously different. <laughs> um, but with the Lou show, it did feel like overwhelmingly white women from the Midwest mm-hmm. and maybe Southeast who were like, I don't know mid to late 40s plus and everyone was in sequins and everyone was looking to have a good time it was really kind of interesting that the demographics really did change according to the event that you were in in a really kind of almost drastic way yeah for sure and some of the smaller panels like the producers panels had kind of more the diehard fans and like Mm -hmm, people kind of more in tune with like the everyday Bravo thing like you and I are um, mm-hmm. like people who would like look at the Reddit or whatever. Whereas like the Luann events is like the more surface fans, women who turn on watch happens live after they've had four glasses of wine and just like have it on as background noise. Totally. And both are amazing kind of <laughs> quasi personality types. If we're going to do that, like personality, the like E X T for sure thing. I mean, it's there was a different personality type, uh, which would be a part of the demographic. I think that those producer panels, of which there were a few, there were the audience was diehards and then a, and really a lot of content creators because so many of us talk about what goes into shooting these episodes, how they look, the difference between the environment of like reality versus reality TV For versus sure. 
producing reality TV um, are different. And so that was also really engaging because I felt like you could feel that in the questions mm-hmm. that were asked at the producer panel versus at the other events with the only asterisk being, and I think there's video of this. I need to put this up on IGTV. I was shit faced because I had a single glass of wine at early afternoon or something mm-hmm. on the way to a producer panel. I think I was with Tracy Morrissey and maybe Pet Shop Boy. And I was so drunk and I walked into and literally a single glass of wine. I was out of my wow. mind. And I walked into the producer panel and maybe I saw Lewis or somebody else and they were like, hey, how are you? And I literally said, I am so drunk. And I had tried to get to ask a question during the Q&A's at several panels and it had essentially become a joke at this point because I was the next in line at least at at least three panels and they closed the Q&A the right worst. in front of me which I kind of I loved having <clears throat> that record so I was just I got in line expecting to be cut mm-hmm. didn't have a question and then I realized they were going to ask me and I was so drunk I don't know what Somebody took video because I think I asked two questions at two panels. There is a video somewhere in the phone of me just like really trying my level best to like not make a complete ass of myself to producers from like Atlanta, Potomac. Trying to power through it. Wow. You know what? Really trying to power through. You know what I want to see? I want to see a producers panel with the people who were in the van or whatever when the Jen Shaw moment went down. That is oh. that is what is going to power me through to go to the next BravoCon if there's Salt Lake City oh. producers who were in the room where it happens. I mean, I want to talk to Heather about that. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to Meredith about it. But it could only really happen once a plea deal has been For done sure. or something because none of these women are going to want that used as like evidence Mm -hmm. called in for questioning and you know production right now is like do not talk about any details you can wink and nod if you must which meredith and um heather have both done Mm -hmm. on social or clubhouse but like no details absolutely not because we don't want to have to deal with that with like the federal government for sure love it i would love it I mean, they asked they asked some questions. Obviously, they weren't just like, "Hey, so how's your second season going?" Like, they had genuine questions when they when the feds like rolled on up to filming to see what's up. I mean, the camera people, where do you go? Where the, do you run? That day, like, <clears throat> so I always think about the day that Luann got arrested and how big mm, of a day it Christmas was. Eve. Like mm-hmm. in in my life, and that sounds awful, but it's like it's like everyone. No, it, was big, it was a huge moment. Everyone we was know, reaching out, know you know. Yep. But the Jen Shaw one was, like, even more because it was just, like, like, Lou's thing was, like, an accident. She got drunk. She, like, walked into the wrong hotel room. She was rowdy. The Jen Shaw thing, the fact that it was, like, allegedly so calculated and all of that, it just made it such a more momentous moment that Mm -hmm. we'll always remember. I mean, Lou said she threatened to kill a (laughs) cop. She was a little drunk. Mm -hmm. She went into the wrong hotel room. She had a night. And Jen Shaw had been planning a massive fraud that affected at least at the least several, many, many hundreds of people, if not thousands that, you know, led to however many stolen bank accounts or bank accounts with stolen Mm -hmm. funds. Literally one account alone has five million dollars. She has been stealing and thieving and living her best in Spo by Trump you life Mm -hmm. for many, many years. And for her to think this is never 
going to come out or that she is so good she's going to get captured or that she is just running this story and is in control until the end. I mean, it has the markings of a great housewife, which she is really not. It's the best thing about her is the fact that she successfully had this insane, now going to be federally prosecuted crime because she was a successful criminal for several years. I can't say she was a successful housewife. She was burning out. I mean, this is the only thing that has made her interesting to me the entire Mm -hmm. time she's been in front of Mm us. I agree. Yeah. I honestly agree. I just feel like so much of it has been built on how many generations Mm -hmm. of performative housewives that it's like, wow, you were actually a real legit criminal this whole time. Would have loved to see that story. Understand why I couldn't. (laughs) I I couldn't. But like how interesting that that was bubbling underneath all of this other performative housewifery. I know. Would love to unpack that. Can't wait to rewatch season one with that in mind. And then season two, it's like literally watch what happens because I like cannot wait. I cannot wait. I mean, what a reckoning this is going to be for housewives in general, because mm-hmm. there have been whispers about certain housewives or long bubbling or bubbling over to the top, you know, lawsuits or questions about yeah. housewives and money and possible fraud, oftentimes through the husband, not necessarily through the wife who was maybe complicit or involved but that isn't known for several of these people Mm -hmm. and jen is the first one to be like seemingly at the center of this at the center of this years-long escapade that has landed several other people in serious you know criminal jeopardy and consequence and she was running this there's no um you know, I, she, I think she's been reacting to this the way that Erica Jane reacted to the Tom stuff, which mm-hmm. is to say unsuccessfully online where mm-hmm. she's trying to wink and nod. But there is a very big difference between what people think Erica could be accused of and what Jen has been accused of, you know, in SLC. There is a huge difference. And yet she still thinks she can perform this role with a bow in her cap and it's just not going to end well for her. I know the fact that she's going to continue to like film and all of that. I'm like, what are you doing to yourself? But it'll be fun for us to watch for at least a season. And if she thinks she's going to get the Teresa goes to prison treatment and like the show revolving around her, it's not going to happen. Jen, you're not as established as Teresa was when she went to prison completely and you don't have the fan adoration mm-hmm. attention history in some ways respect you're not a housewife archetype you're like the inside but you didn't fill in the inside you didn't stay in between the lines right. there is nothing about you that was authentic this is the biggest most exciting reveal of your inauthenticity is this moment which will get you this second season For which sure. you were ostensibly going to have regardless but you're not going to i would be shocked if bravo brought her back for a third which is a different conversation than will she film a second mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, because I don't think it's going to come down to her choice. And I think she's going to be I think her schedule is going to be filled. Exactly. She's going to be unavailable. I could see her one day being like the Danielle Staub of the franchise who they try to bring back like as a friend of and it just doesn't work out and it's Mm -hmm. not successful. And then she starts a weird podcast where it's her and 
Dana Wilkie talking about like <laughs> Margaret Josephs. I listened to go not to recommend another podcast on a podcast, but go listen to Danielle Stobbs one from last week. It is truly a roller coaster. It's Dana Wilkie sounds like the Oh, it literally Dana Wilkie? Yeah, Dana Wilkie sounds like the reasonable uh party on that podcast, which is so interesting. What uh, first off, Danielle's podcast art, I do know for many, many months was misspelled, <laughs> which is the best thing about it. I can tell you without listening to a second. What was Danielle even saying or not mm. saying or trying to get out? She's just ranting about like Marge and like everyone else on the show. And it's like Dana's like trying to like like chime in, but it's just like it's unhinged. Have you listened to several episodes? No, 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 no. My friend tipped me off that this one, this was the one to listen to if you wanted to hear like <laughs> some batshit stuff. There's nothing I have to tell you with all sincerity. There's nothing I want to listen to less than Danielle Stubb. Not on Bravo, thank God, mm-hmm. but talking about it. I know. Knowing, I mean, I've seen that clip of her Instagram live where she's, sees that someone calls her Beverly and she loses her mind and like becomes violent as a result. I've seen that clip. I don't know, 10, 15 times because it's like wild. It's almost energy. It's maybe the most entertaining thing that she has done while also being incredibly scary. Mm -hmm. But I cannot imagine long form Daniel. It's wild. I can't imagine. There's also like a rant about like Heather McDonald at some point. Um, It's, you don't need to listen to it. Actually. I actually more recommend you just, following Joe Gunn on Twitter and Instagram because he's pulling all the best like (gasps) Danielle Staub clips of all time and he's just doing the work there so that's great oh my god and Angel shout out to Joe Gunn Angel Mm -hmm. if you guys aren't following him on Instagram you need to Um, because Twitter is no longer a thing hate to tell you sad Um, so listen a big piece came out we're talking about the reckoning of the Jen Shaw of it all but there was a to me, very interesting long form mm-hmm. piece that came out on Vulture, which is essentially New York magazine this week called The Soul of Bravo, written by Anna Peel. Um, you know, the theme of which is a year of national reckonings on race and inequality has tested how real the housewives should be. Right. And I highly encourage that people read it. It is truly a long form piece. I just reread it right before we started recording to like remember. Um, It has since been updated since it was published Mm -hmm. online because Portia, we're recording this Friday morning-ish, Portia went on Instagram Live last night because she said she was affected and wanted to essentially um, counter a part of the piece, which Mm -hmm. she said was not factual and more opinion-based, which is there is a moment in the piece where they talk about... um, a a scene that uh, had been filmed that was cut from Mm -hmm. Atlanta and also some possible frustration that members of the cast felt about Candy contacting the network relating to social action and steps the network can take to better itself when it comes to how it is supporting and amplifying black voices, Mm -hmm. both as talent behind the scenes through its NBC page program and several other steps. And and Portia's reasoning on the Instagram live was essentially, listen, my conversation with with Candy was really revolving around the idea of us approaching the network as a group Mm -hmm. and not individually. I think we have more power. 
But now that I know that you approach the network, I think we just are the rest of the folks approach them, you know, for a monetary donation. Mm -hmm. And this happened in text message. Candy said she had heard that they had been shit talking her. Portia gave Candy receipts. And Candy's response was essentially like, I don't get why this is a big deal that I we shouldn't be fighting about this. I don't get that this is why a big deal that I went to them and didn't loop you in. Mm -hmm. And I, I get Portia's response entirely, which is like, had we strategized this, more voices are greater than one. And right. I get Candy's idea that, like, it doesn't matter as long as this stuff is done. Ultimately, these women were able to resolve what sounds like a miscommunication yeah. when it terms to in terms of strategy, let alone execution. But Kenya heard about this and kind of ran with it. Mm -hmm. And Portia feels like Kenya has been using elements of this situation and miscommunication to bring down Portia's character. So right. Portia took to IG live and was like, this is how I, why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And I'm also going to put the text messages online. And then I'm going to bring this all back to um, issues that I care about revolving around black lives matter, because at the end of the day, that is what I, that is the reason that I am using the platform in the way that I am to bring attention to the black lives matter movement, which mm -hmm. I thought was incredibly powerful. Uh, it was a lot. Yeah, and it sounds to me a lot of the issue here is potentially Bravo or the production company not wanting to include these, like, so these conversations about Bravo and production. And mm -hmm. so because they edited some of that out, you get moments where it's Kenya downplaying Portia's activism without getting like the full conversation that Candy and Portia were having. And mm -hmm. so I see it kind of both ways. I mean, I do think that there's like sometimes an insidious part of Kenya that like runs with stuff to cause trouble. But mm -hmm. I think the bigger problem is that we're not getting the full, we're not on our screens. We're not seeing the full picture. So then now the cast members have to take to their own means like Instagram live and releasing text messages so that we're getting the full picture of what's actually going on. We're talking around it because Bravo probably doesn't want to have a conversation on their own show about their cast members approaching them to do better, if that makes sense. Exactly. And that's sort of, you know, so there was a film scene where Candy is saying to Portia, and I'm sorry if this is incorrect, but from my understanding, that Candy is saying to Portia, um, you know, like, why are you guys talking shit? I like heard this stuff and mm -hmm. like Nini's leaking texts to blogs and stuff. And Portia felt uncomfortable with the fact that at the end of the day, she was in a group of black women who were arguing about in the best of ways hyper nuanced aspects of this and really mm -hmm. in Portia's head essentially arguing and splintering about the Black Lives Matter movement and that she felt it was not an appropriate representation of who these women are yeah. and also the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement which she didn't want to be co-opted for the purposes of reality TV mm -hmm. so Portia said she approached the network about this and that they agreed not to air this scene which wasn't aired mm -hmm. what was aired was Kenya saying Portia is only doing doing this for camera time right. or she's only doing it. She knows she's going to get press attention, which is also damaging, but I think a different thing because we sort of know who Kenya is at this mm -hmm. point. And, you know, ultimately Kenya can feel the way that she does. And Portia had every right to 
respond on her platform where Mm -hmm. she felt like she wasn't going to be edited. You know, that people, at least now in Portia's head, have the benefit of this information. Yeah. My hope is that it doesn't rip apart her and Candy because she's releasing these text messages. My hope is that Candy gets what I felt that Portia was saying, which is ultimately we need to come together and Mm -hmm. Kenya's acting in opposition to that yeah that being said i think that like all of the the piece is amazing and the part that impressed Mm. me the most was all of the steps that candy took with her letter and Mm. the things that came from it like getting a restructuring in place at nbc universal so that we can eventually get more black people in the c-suite in the executive suites um, mm-hmm. opening up internships specifically and holding place for people from historically black colleges. There's just like a whole myriad, a list of things that she did. She really was a big push behind um, making sure that those specials aired on actual television, which you and exactly. I had a uh, mm-hmm. voice earlier, I guess last <laughs> year as well. So it's like, she did so much work and I see why, like I also see why Portia's frustrated to not, be a part of that because I think mm-hmm. Portia want has been an important voice in the Bravo universe as far as mm-hmm. uh, changing things and um, making sure that uh, black voices are uplifted. So I, I get both sides, but like you said, it sounds like a big miscommunication that I hope doesn't tear them apart, you know? Yeah, and I think that Portia and Candy are so much stronger just together on the show. I feel like the quality of the show is better when they are united and not divided. I genuinely believe that. And so my hope is that Kenya doesn't fuck all of this up. Like, I I just, we know Kenya's energy. Mm -hmm. And I think that Kenya is incredibly self-destructive and toxic. And I think great for the franchise. Mm -hmm. My, My hope is that this doesn't become a thing where candy is weaponized in between these two women because ultimately i mean just the work that candy did in her work with the network behind the scenes Mm -hmm. is incredible and portia has been a part of the national conversation which is about issues greater than bravo Mm -hmm. and atlanta the real housewives of atlanta itself i mean i I genuinely truly do believe that the work she did bringing people to the polls Mm -hmm. got biden the presidency. I, I mean, I think there is a genuine line between the action that she has done for a sustained period of time and uh, actual results that for sure can be felt and should be appreciated. Yeah, I mean, I think most, if not all, of the women in Atlanta, it's such a breath of fresh air to hear them speak out really actively. Um, mm-hmm. They were all, I remember... However, two months, two years ago when Stacey Abrams was running, they were all publicly supporting her. It was mm-hmm. great to see the little scene that we got of Cynthia and Portia on the day that like Joe Biden was actually elected president. It's like mm-hmm. good to see them celebrating in a world where so many of the housewives are so vague about their politics in order to like retain as much audience as like they can. It's refreshing to see these women be pretty clear. And I feel like the piece really gets into the idea of politics versus personality and politicizing opinions, Mm -hmm. but maybe sort of misinterpreting the difference between opinions and 
racism itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a line that Andy says to the journalist, uh, Anna Peel, I believe is her name, where he says she's talking to him about essentially the Kelly Dodd of it all. And um, a, a great interest of many people in the Bravo community mm-hmm. that uh, to see Kelly no longer exist as a full-time housewife. And Andy says, it's troublesome to me. Um, I disagree with her point of view about COVID, but there are a lot of people who share her opinion. And by the way, she is in Orange County, where her opinion is probably the prevailing opinion. The line between celebrating someone's outspokenness and not liking someone's outspokenness is really blurring these days. Bravo is meant to be escapism, and I don't personally think that the people on Bravo should be on trial for their political and cultural views. That doesn't seem that fun to me. Um, I feel like that is kind of erasing a lot of the other stuff that Kelly Dodd said. It wasn't only about COVID. It was like, there was like, I remember the quote unquote drunk wives matter shirt that she like was posting on social media. There's a lot of stuff. And, but I do think that there's like an interesting conversation here because on one hand, it's like Ramona singer is an awful person. On the other hand, it's like, (laughs) I, like watching her on my TV and it's where it's, where's the line is my question. And I think this piece gets into like where we're all trying to figure out where that line is. And it's like Bravo is going through a lot of growing pains right now when they're trying to be more inclusive. It like puts, for example, it's we're adding women of color to some of these shows, but then when you add Tiffany moon to Dallas, she Mm -hmm. then has to do all of the labor to, Uh, and deal with like her racist cast member Brandy and has to do so much work because Brandy's not willing to do any work in the situation so we're going through some like extreme growing pains on Bravo right now and I think this piece gets into it and I think this piece makes it clear that there's not like a clear cut solution as far as like how we move forward and we're going to be like figuring this out and having the conversation as people who watch Bravo and as Bravo itself moves forward. I think it's really interesting. I think that there is a segment of the Bravo universe that is progressive that set there is a small segment that does say I don't want to see this person on my screen. Mm -hmm. They're a Trump supporter or they're conservative and I disagree vehemently with that. Mm -hmm. I think that people are more than their politics, which I might completely disagree with. Mm -hmm. I also think if I am going to live in a bubble, what a small, lonely world that will be for me. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the uh, Bravo world is consumed by many personalities, many of whom are terrible people, regardless Mm -hmm. of who you're voting for. And we're not going to... I don't think it's necessarily appropriate to have a barometer that's set only on who you're casting your vote for. Mm -hmm. And if there's a misconception that that's what I'm interested in, I have said repeatedly that it's not. Sure. I also think it's kind of gross to to say that you're only interested in a world in which you might feel safe because the reality is people who voted along your lines are also probably trash. Mm-hmm. So where are you? You're only going off of their political opinions because they may also say really problematic shit. Nobody on Bravo is necessarily a great person. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they might not be interested in participating in the art form that is this this very specific kind of reality TV. That's not a path I'm interested in. I'm interested in trying to connect the dots between this person I might completely disagree with mm-hmm. and 
realizing that they are also still human. Yeah. That maybe some of their experiences have led them to a place that, again, I might not agree with, but it does also still provide or push people to have a conversation they wouldn't normally have. And at the end of the day, you might learn something about yourself by watching this person that you wouldn't necessarily go to brunch with, Mm -hmm. but is still sharing their story and experience, which is at the end of the day, multifaceted. If you are only allowing yourself to enjoy people that you feel like you agree with, Mm -hmm. that eliminates I would say 97% of the people that we see on screen, which includes people from New York, which includes yeah. people from progressive cities that you might think are in line with your political views, but have other views relating to their life or experiences or opinions that you might also disagree with. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to draw a line in the sand about this one aspect. However, I do think it is incredibly problematic that the network has a very inconsistent idea of how to hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. And Andy at one point refers to the quote unquote Bravo wink, which is the idea that they might film someone doing terrible things, but the way they edit it is a wink and a nod to the audience that the network knows this person is trash. That is a very difficult thing to do when you're talking about racist behavior that Mm -hmm. these women are communicating or expressing. Brandy Redmond, I don't know if the network held her accountable in the ways that they decided to hold Kenya accountable for the culturally appropriative, that's a new right. fun way to spin that word, uh, Halloween quote unquote costume that was incredibly damaging and problematic. Mm-hmm. Kenya was held accountable. The The article goes into meetings, discussions that, that Kenya um, had and Kenya publicly apologized. I don't know what, if any, consequence Brandy faced for the racist video, aside from Brandy telling us herself she was very upset. Right. I don't know if her consequence was onboarding in a woman of Asian descent who, as you said, was then responsible for dealing with the brunt of Brandy's anxiety and fear mm-hmm. about her own behavior and whether or not she was going to say something else terrible, harmful, whatever it could be. With Orange County, Kelly has, to my head, to my mind, never been held accountable for repeated acts of racist behavior, which is a different conversation to me Mm -hmm. than who did this person vote for, even though I may have my own opinion of how the two are linked, because that is an assumption of this person, regardless of whether or not it is correct, which is very different from Kelly going on Instagram and saying, Black Lives Matter protesters are animals and terrorists. That is racist Mm -hmm. to me to me to the world to reality to whatever else the network to my mind has never corrected her for that for spreading disinformation which has possibly killed people right you you that's not me being dramatic that is someone with hundreds of thousands of followers saying don't wear a mask this is fake it's not real Mm -hmm. that is dangerous weaponization of your platform which you receive because of your ongoing employment with the network right and their version of the bravo wink is andy going Mm. on radio andy and saying she's not my doctor like where when it comes to the line i don't even see it yeah well with kelly i think there was a brief moment where they tried to reel her in and she appeared on watch happens live and they made her apologize on air 
but oh, then yeah, she read from that like but fun little then that. it's yeah. like she turned right around and was like exhibiting mm-hmm. the same behavior again and again and again right and it's like i yes i think they should have done more but it's also like she's so irresponsible and so out of control that i, I think it's hard to it's hard to get her to hold her responsible but i mean there's the option you don't have to employ her anymore if she's that out of control well yeah i mean why were this was the first time to me that publicly the network admitted that um stassi and Kristen were actually fired their contracts weren't renewed which is different from them saying they were leaving the show which is a part of like a pr agreement to attempt to save face Mm -hmm. it was media outlets myself many people who were like this was obviously they were fired but the network never actually used that language but in the article they're like yeah their contracts were terminated specifically because of the racist behavior they exhibited which could have been life-threatening toward Mm -hmm. faith um and again can't say it enough was racist behavior um when it comes to kelly i don't get the sense from bravo that they understand that what she is doing is racist like Mm -hmm. to co-mingle it with a lot of orange county people feel similarly I don't know if you're assuming that this entire county is overwhelmingly racist, which is just as problematic as the spread of COVID disinformation, then I would think you would want to inform people that that information is not factually correct, especially if the face of your network had COVID. Mm -hmm. I don't get the breakdown. I understand the importance of having different voices of people who are in opposition politically. I I get the point of having conservative voices. Mm -hmm. I agree with the importance of it. I don't understand why it, to me, feels like presented accountability is really only geared by the network or approached by the network publicly when it has to deal with seemingly progressive voices, which, P.S., to me, are also the voices of black women. Mm -hmm. Like, Andy saying at the beginning of the Potomac reunion, we don't, we disavow acts of violence or whatever. I'm like, since, since when I'm not, I I don't understand why you're saying this now when it's the cast of Potomac Mm -hmm. and not at any other recent point of time when it's a cast that's not made of black women and the stuff with Kenya, absolutely. She should be held accountable, but I have a real issue with them going on the record and saying that she, um, was held accountable and had conversation with an organization led by um, folks who are of Native American descent, which I think is important and great, but you're not also doing that with white housewives or non-black <clears throat> housewives. Yeah, That's I mean, concerning like... concerning to me. Think about how it. many times on New York, for example, that those kind of issues have come up and it's been crickets. It's You're right, it seems to be only targeted at the black casts right now as far as uh like a comeuppance for behavior and like there's so many examples across franchises with first of all there's violence in every single city i mean ramona multiple times has thrown shit at people and like actually drawn blood truly kristen literally (laughs) it's like not funny but again this is like yeah it's She's literally been, yeah, that's, there's, I mean, that's magical. There's like that's a magical. startling uh, double standard there. Um, and they really need to get their act together on that one. <laughs> and part of their response back might be, well, this is a different world than several years ago. Mm-hmm. So 
please don't continue using the Teresa example because we are living in a different political climate and I can respond and appreciate that. But I look at what they're doing with members of the Potomac and Atlanta cast and I just don't see I just you you cannot say that Kelly has been account held accountable publicly because in this very article, you're not giving me a single example of it. You're giving right. me examples of Kenya. You're not giving me examples of. Um, Kelly, and I don't want to take anything away from what happened with Kenya, but that was an isolated incident that was seemingly handled. Kelly goes on and on and on and on and mm-hmm. never said anything publicly aside from a wink and a nod to your conservative audience. Yeah. And going back to the violence thing for a second, the the Monique situation with Candace happened within the same year as uh, Danielle Staub pulling Marge's ponytail. Oh my God, such a good point. Thank you for saying that. Such a good point. Mm-hmm. And Teresa, and listen, <laughs> Teresa was forgiven by her cast within the context of the finale. And honestly, I thought I was going to hate her, but I was like, all right, like she's, I, I don't know how she's getting away with this, but she is and I'm running with it. It's crazy. It, that was a, that was a strategized mm-hmm. moment. Danielle strategized being physically violent physically aggressive it was it planned was by that vile. guy who owns the boutique he was it the was one, planned yeah. by steven dan and his yeah. 800 piece of shit candles <laughs> you can get at fucking forever 21 honestly can i tell you can i tell you the target candles the full moon scent 699 favorite candle six perfect can i tell you the Dr. Tiffany Moon candles. I have been hoarding them. She sent me a set of six. Oh my God. I have not lit a single one because I just want to keep them in their box for posterity, for history. <laughs> I need to light one of those fucking candles. There are some books I need to mm-hmm. read for some upcoming, I'm excited to read for some upcoming AG episodes. I need to light myself a candle. I did have to ask some friends in the Bravo community, how do you light a candle? Because I don't know how to light a candle and I thought you needed a candle. Yeah, you're giving me a look right now. I thought that you needed a candle holder. I Googled this. I'm a grown adult, okay? What did my parents do wrong? They put the fear of death in me. They said, if you start a fire by lighting a candle, we will kill you first. And I don't know how to let, I thought you needed a candle holder. So I asked people, where do I get like a, what do I put under the can? Do I put a, I, this is, I'm not joking. I said, do I put a plate under the candle? And honestly, I still think that I was maybe right in that. Is and the candle ridiculed me? Is it just people the wax? Ridiculed. Didn't, did it not come in like a, like a it's in a glass thing, but I thought you needed something <laughs> underneath that. Do you not? You're giving me a look. I really don't know. I'm not a candle person. There... I feel like it's a lifestyle choice, and I just didn't know. I I just I wasn't given the opportunity to pick that. There's some like things that candle snobs do to like prepare the candle before you light it, but I think you can just like take Is that a ceremony. No, not a ceremony, but like some people like trim the wick or like do whatever. What? Yeah. So, but. My advice to you, light the candle, but make sure you burn it all the way through so that like all of the wax on, oh my God. on the top is even before you blow it out so you're not getting welling. I don't know. I don't understand anything. Okay. Welling is like, okay, okay. I was actually right then. It's not as easy. Also, I don't think I have matches. So I was just honestly, swear to God, I'm trash. I was just going to hold it over the stove and wait for it to light itself. Oh my is that God. Bad? Uh, That's bad. Maybe right? go buy a lighter. 
But then I feel like the lighter is going to catch fire. Oh my! None of this makes sense. This is wow. Not- <laughs> this is next level. <laughs> I don't have basic life skills, and I just want to say, AGs, if you're out there and you have a historic fear, I have several fears. You know, back when dinner parties, even before dietary restrictions, mm-hmm. I get very nervous about eating other people's food. Right. I just need to understand the whole process, how you cooked. I want to feel like it was hygienic. I am a psychopath. Okay. Candles, obviously, I'm very crazy about. Scents, I can get kind of weird about. Um, buying an item that I feel like has even the slightest something, uh, many, many sleepless nights. I bought a dress four times because I felt like a button was a thread was askew in a couple of them. Oh my I God. Not so. So <laughs> I guess maybe tonight, maybe this weekend, guys, you'll see my social. I, I light a Tiffany candle. Anyway, this was a very long <laughs> form. This is like a little, a little, um, a little love a uh, tangent. Side. Love a tangent. Um, so getting back to whatever it was that we were saying about the article. Something. Yeah, we were talking about the double. <laughs> we were talking about the double standards and what got us here was specifically the violence that Danielle Staub did mm. towards. Oh right, Margaret. Dan. Yeah, right. it's just there's such a wild double standard, and if they want to say times have changed, which is why we're saying certain things, that's the perfect example because those two incidents happened within the same year. So. You can't you can't really you can't really put that out there like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and also I just I really do believe that the idea that uh, a person's conservative political feelings protect them from racist behavior, I think, is wild. And to put all of it together mm-hmm. into she doesn't believe in COVID, but a lot of people don't. So there's no problem there. I just think then why are we having this conversation about network responsibility and doing better that's the whole point of this is that you guys are saying you want to do better so maybe like have a call and loop everybody in Mm -hmm. as of right now it doesn't feel like a lot of people are getting that message and we can do better it's great that they're interested in doing better Mm -hmm. it's great that this article came out would be great that when we get into like the second generation of them doing better like okay we got iphone generation one once we're ready for like 5s it would be great to see more consistency between the franchises. Yeah, let's get a cohesive plan in place now that we've like gone through this this year of uh, realizing things. Remember when Kylie Jenner said that 2015 was the year of realizing things? Yeah, when she was talking about her reality show. Yeah, beautiful. I think about that a lot. Uh, <laughs> a moment. Also, I just have to say, one of the best... I'm obsessed with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. I love following their stories. I Several of them, I think, are incredibly problematic as human people. I would put Kendall in that. I would put mm-hmm. me and Carly in that. I would 100% put Caitlyn in that. Um, Kylie Jenner's YouTube videos, there's like a name to it, but it's essentially like getting drunk with family members while we do our makeup mm-hmm. is prestige television love a video like that kylie and chloe getting shit-faced trying to put blush on each other drinking tequila pre kendall's 818 or whatever unbelievable that excellent that is a great recommendation back when vine was still a thing kylie Mm. jenner actually had a really funny vine account and vine was like micro videos right like it was like two seconds or it was like six seconds (laughs) seconds. it was yeah (laughs) two two would be tough yeah six (laughs) seconds it was like the precursor to tiktok basically well i mean shout out to kylie jenner love what you're doing love the gifts (laughs) that you're giving all of us um i do want to get your thoughts on a little present that a former new york housewife decided to bestow on the world 
Worlds this week, which was following the news that a former bachelor whose name I think I'm going to fuck up, but I think it's Colton Underwood. That's correct. Right? Something along those lines. Um, uh, publicly came out this week in a conversation with Robin Roberts and said um, that he is a gay man and that has led to uh, an enormous dialogue online mm-hmm. about many members of the queer community, the LGBTQ community discussing their own experiences coming out Mm -hmm. and many did so in response to an unfortunate series of tweets that carol radswell posted online which connected the idea of coming out with deception Mm -hmm. and really placed herself a heterosexual white woman at the center of a gay man's coming out story in her critique and betrayal, mm-hmm. which is some strong words that she maybe used in her thesis tweets. Uh, I just think with it's her first tweet, she missed the point. This guy's talking about like being repressed because of his, in part because of his faith and a whole bunch of other issues. He's mm-hmm. not deceiving somebody because he wanted to date a woman when he hadn't dealt with the fact that he's gay. That's not that how that works, Carol. And the fact that she just kept going, it's she's like... Do- she's tripled down on it. She's she, tripled down. She got ratioed, but then she just kept, quote, tweeting people who were, like, offering her legit criticisms of what she was saying. And it's like... Carol, we thought you were a journalist. Like, read the room. Like, figure out, like what people are talking about listen to people it's the it's just like so disappointing that you kept on going and going and going and going and going like the first tweet was stupid yeah but it would have been easy as deleting it i'm sorry that i said that it was dumb but no she just kept going like does she have people in her life to tell her to like stop no, avocado sushi guy is long since gone. She doesn't have Chef Adam. And she has the cat and the dog. She has Baby, but Baby has two other owners. So, like, Baby didn't have the time, unfortunately, to slide into her DM. Can't Megan King Edmonds' brother others. come downstairs or whatever and tell her to delete it? For real. And also, Carol, when you're saying these things and you also are a white heterosexual woman and a lot of people from the gay community who are identifying themselves as members of the gay community are telling you this is harmful and that you were trying to have Mm -hmm. this hypothesis style conversation thesis style argument that is actually at its core damaging to people and Colton's not going to see your tweets but people who include members of the gay community who have not publicly come out are people are telling you your narrative is dangerous please stop and her response to people mm-hmm. was like in one tweet she was like wow another man telling a woman to be quiet i am a woman telling you to shut the fuck up because <laughs> we are both heterosexual women we do not have a place in the conversation we especially do not have a place to add possible danger and harm to the experience of coming out because we have not experienced it. You don't get to critique something for, uh, that is a part of a marginalized community that you are not a member of. It's really dangerous and harmful. And the white straight women who have been sliding into my DMs attempting to 
gaslight what Carol was saying and being like, well, but she's talking about uh, this guy who uh, is a was a shitty guy and has been uh, charged with stalking and everything mm-hmm. else. Nobody is saying that this guy is a great guy. Carol, you are attempting to commingle two different, entirely different conversations, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't, you can say two things at once. We are not talking about this man in terms of if he is a nice guy, if he's a good guy, if he was a a supportive partner, or if he was um, toxic. Nobody is talking about that. We are talking about the problems of saying that to be gay and not acknowledge it to yourself or come out is a deception. Mm -hmm. That is harmful that leads to actual dangerous harmful behavior against members of the gay community and if the gay community is saying that your narrative is dangerous believe them because you will never know yeah. you will never know the difference yeah so just take them at their word yeah and to me it comes down to like for example i in high school i dated three different women i later came out I wasn't deceiving them when I was dating them. I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing because society told me that you're supposed to be straight. I I wasn't being um, nefarious or like evil by dating these women who all of them I still have like a nice relationship with to this day. I just was like dealing with like what gay people do before they come out, not knowing shit. So that's uh- that. <laughs> I mean, it's a super valid, important point. And I also think Carol is on one one hand saying she's publicly saying the bachelor's full of shit. This isn't even a real show. I've known it since the beginning because I knew about it before it was a thing. Like, good for you. Inside info. Um, it's a terrible thing. And then at the same time, also saying and these women who are looking for love were taken advantage of. Sweetie, all of those people signed up to me on reality TV. They may all have been looking for love, Colton included. Mm-hmm. They also were growing their platforms by obviously having an interest in doing that on reality TV. Mm-hmm. To say that this group of 20 women were like dubs in the field pristine angels ethically who were looking for love in this dangerous person with this dark knowledge that they were using for whatever is incredibly disingenuous Mm -hmm. and it's actually that i think is harmful to women because you are taking away the idea that these women are actively participating in this thing that strategically probably has more to do with finding love sure but also becoming a public figure than doing this you were it's like you're taking away almost the agency of these women to make decisions that have more that are more realistic when it comes to the interest in celebrity plus relationships Mm -hmm. and she should know this she's a former housewife of new york i know and back when she was still on the show and her and bethany were going through the things i was strictly team friendship because i wanted them to get back Mm -hmm. together as friends now i'm team nobody after like the way they Mm -hmm. both the way they both act at post show i'm like please just like stop tweeting it's really maddening to me that when a marginalized community is uniformly telling you mm-hmm. that regardless of your intent, your impact is harmful and you are writing them off. It's big JK. What's her fucking name? JK Harry Rowling. Potter. It's big JK Rowling energy who has said a ton of terrible transphobic language under the uh, auspices, under the umbrella of I support other women. I do not give a fuck because you're not supporting all women and that's all I care about as a woman. Mm-hmm. And for Carol to do this under the idea that like we need to be supporting women is to me a heterosexual woman 
bullshit. And I have a satchel of gold from David in Brooklyn who says, here's a Carol satchel from a gay man. I don't know if many people realize that oftentimes the hardest person a gay the hardest person a gay person comes out to is themselves. Mm -hmm. It's easy in hindsight to say it would have been better to be open and honest and not gone on the show, but that was likely not possible for him at that point. And while it's unfortunate that all of those women ended up in a situation where they were pursuing a connection with someone that couldn't reciprocate by centering the woman's experience and the possible harm done to them. She is ignoring the difficult situation he was in. This was actually addressed in a scene from the reboot of Will and Grace, where Grace finds a letter Will wrote when closeted about wanting to hurt himself. And she realized she has always resented the fact that she fell in love with him when he couldn't reciprocate and hadn't really thought about how hard it was, what he was going through was. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Exactly. I mean, and I love a Will and Grace example. Oh my God. For it, even though I didn't watch, I didn't watch the reboot. I watched the first episode and then I got tired. Oh yeah. Very same. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's, inc I think it's incredibly appropriate. And I just think if everyone in is, everyone in the room is telling you you're dead, it's time to lie down. Shout out to Heather Dubrow. Oh my God. I miss her every day. Every day. I listen oh to God. her podcast because I love being a part of Heather Dubrow's world. Mm. It's just and how is her world? It's just like a rich woman talking about being rich. So I just love the way mm. she just like describes her like rich life. It's it's mm. fun to me. And her if you haven't taken a swing through her uh, YouTube series where she does room tours of every single room in her house. Heather's Closet. Yep. I've seen every episode. I highly recommend. My favorite episode was the laundry room with the gift wrapping station. Love that. Love her wallpaper that sparkles, yep. which literally nobody can see. Yep. She is touching, tenderly touching this wallpaper. Her house looks like just the absolute worst Four Seasons in Aspen. Mm -hmm. It's devoid of any energy or style. It's a lot of gray, a lot of silver. Mm -hmm. It feels very cold, very austere. I love every room in the house. I, I love all of it. I love how true. She's going to sell it for a bajillion dollars. Somebody is going to want to fucking buy that house at a premium and she's going to build another monstrosity. I, I, I wish for her the very best. She's building a monstrosity in, I think, Idaho. Is she? There's apparently there's this one lake in Idaho where a bunch of rich people from California are like building around for their vaca <laughs> vacation homes, and I I cannot wait to see the unveiling oh of that house in Idaho. Does she even eat potatoes? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, my fifth grade, fifth grade, my something grade project, maybe first grade actually, was us. You had to choose a state in the country. Mm -hmm. I don't even think I got the choice, but I did get Idaho, which I felt like was very connected to my soul as a Jewish woman. Like, yeah, give me all of the carbs. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I can actually tell you the shit out of Idaho and its symbol on my like cardboard paper is going to be a potato because I am an artiste. And I hope that Heather enjoys the experience of getting to know, I guess, nature. I don't remember anything about Idaho I, I guess she's gonna stay in her house it's gonna be nine million square feet yeah I think they're just gonna stay in their house and enjoy like some fancy lake so what do you think is gonna happen with Orange County I uh, we need to <laughs> I think Tamara minimum needs to come back I was the first person to be like thank god she's leaving but I think we need her back we need somebody with mm -hmm. like her her energy no, no. mm-hmm I mean, my dream is for Heather DeBro to come back because my favorite years of OC were the Heather DeBro years. I feel like, mm -hmm. to quote Leah McSweeney, she elevated that shit mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. that no other housewife of OC has been able to do. Um, it's just bleak. It's depressing. 
Elizabeth Vargas. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. Elizabeth Vargas, by the way, what did she? She was responding to Bravo by Betches, a bunch of. She was comparing her divorce, which nobody cares about, to something else in the Bravo world. And she she just copy and pasted the exact like wink and a nod comment on several pages until she was called out and then i think deleted all of them she's a mess she there's she a compared herself to erica jane oh, is what she did there's a sadness to elizabeth vargas that we haven't seen in a while on these shows do you think kelly is gonna be back i don't know andy's comments make mm-hmm. me think potentially mm-hmm. but we'll see you did you watch last season I haven't watched a single episode. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't great. I heard it was the worst, but it's again, an extremely low bar. I know in orange County. My God. The thing is like Gina is my favorite of that group now, which is wild. (laughs) I'm hearing that from people that she had a great season. Yeah. So I don't know. We will see. We will see. I wonder if they are going to let Kelly go, but they're doing this almost superficial defense of her so as not to upset her stands or something Mm. or like they have no plan to bring her back but they're going to defend her now so that people will forgive them later maybe i wonder if they're afraid of like the cancel culture conversation and like the fact that kelly is so connected to all those people in that fox news world like she's like at weddings all the time with like Kimberly Guilfoyle and shit. Yeah. Don Jr. Yeah. So maybe they're afraid of like those people lashing out on behalf of Kelly Dodd, which would totally be the bleakest timeline, you know? I could see it happening. I also think she is going to fade. She would potentially fade so quickly or become so much sharper as that like QAnon person Mm -hmm. could, which is such a niche world that maybe it will elevate her in that place. But I really do. She is one of, she has isolated her against or alienated herself against so many different segments of the Bravo community at this point that she really doesn't have anything to stand on right. if this is taken away you know right. it's, she doesn't even have her fucking positive beverage they realized she was a negative nelly <laughs> you know it's like yeah give her a hateful water next time give uh, her some hateful like sparkling something i don't know god a mess well uh oh see right Orange County. I mean, I do want to get your thoughts, you know, in our remaining seconds on the um, three franchises <laughs> that, exist, <laughs> that we're watching right now. What were your thoughts on the Carrie Brittingham of it all? That godforsaken she's just, situation they called a trip. She's just like so when she lashes out towards people, she gets so mean. It was like. Why was she going after that man so hard? And then it's like he ended up apologizing to her probably because he was just overwhelmed by the situation. I don't know. And then like her responding to that little fart bomb prank by pouring salsa all in their beds. She she's unwell. She has no respect for anything in this world aside from a bottle of tequila. And you can feel that in every single moment. She actually doesn't even respect the tequila because she acts out in such an outlandish way that the tequila is like, why are you ruining my brand? I know. What she 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 mistakes mean for a joke. And it's just not funny. Yeah. Yeah. I will say 
sometimes she wins me over like her scenes with her daughters i mm -hmm. enjoy a little bit her one daughter olivia i i like those scenes but other than that i'm like please stop i mean the only people i really like on that show are tiffany deandra and cam mm -hmm. and cam. cam it's just because she's like so oblivious she's funny to laugh at the scenes with the like the dog sidekick were really funny to me mm -hmm. um and then my heart breaks for Dr. Tiffany Moon with her mom and like mm. not feeling the connection with her mom. And then it's like, Deandra's always talking about a will. It's like, <laughs> that's all she's got. It's, I feel like every season she's just talking about a different will that somehow she needs to like figure out. So we'll see. I mean, if one of the reasons that you're uh, that you've had to make um, sense out of your mom being so emotionally withholding or manipulative or mm -hmm. whatever is the fact that she's saying or or making it seem like if you go against her, she's not going to provide for you in the ways that she was promised mm -hmm. since the day she was born. Yeah. I mean, that would make me want to talk about a will an awful lot. I know. It seems like in many ways that family has been affected, countered, inspired by some amount of money that's just out of reach mm -hmm. and that's i mean it's interesting the the amount of emotional labor just in terms of personal storyline that tiffany and deandra have both shown us both in relation to their parents mm -hmm. or close family members is astounding when you think about what Karen did a little, but really more about amplifying her daughter's emotional labor. Cause I didn't, mm -hmm. I still haven't gotten a sense of how that affected her as a parent, right. aside from saying it affected me as a parent versus what Stephanie has done, which I would say is nothing. And what, what Brandy has done, which I would say is also nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, the only time I can really stand Brandy, I was when she was in the Bigfoot costume and when she was uh, not speaking, I was like, Okay, that's your role. Just put on a costume and like dance around. That's kind of a little funny. But other than that, I'm like, just get off the show, please. It's been enough torture. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, mm -hmm. but I'm going to, which is word on the street is as we know, or uh, as many people know, Carrie and brandy were not in the room for the reunion because mm -hmm. carrie tested positive for covid and brandy was sitting next to her on the plane so they filmed their appearance at the reunion from what i believe are separate hotel rooms mm -hmm. they have been seen in new york filming together this week i don't know how that ties up with the number of days you must isolate after testing positive mm -hmm. and the number of tests you must take in order to test negative but my assumption genuinely is that production is doing this on the up and up because it was such a public reveal, um, which hasn't even really officially been revealed yet. Mm -hmm. What on earth they are filming together. It makes me feel like it's sort of similar vibes to Reza and MJ filming, which was shown at the end of the Shaws of Sunset reunion of like these two people uh, sort of closing one door, but hoping to, Hold, hold another one a little bit ajar for an upcoming season. I'm thinking like what on earth could these women talk about that would be of interest that's not directly related to the reunion? Like, mm -hmm. Are you all just like shooting the shit talking about what happened? Like what else is there to say? Right. I mean, yeah, maybe it's like a, like a we're saying goodbye moments, which I wish they would do more of. I was watching um 
old episodes of OC recently in the season mm. where Peggy Tanua is on and then the next season they give her like two episodes at the beginning and then she leaves the show. And I always thought that that's like a much better and more organic way to do things. Mm-hmm. Like acknowledging that this person was with us, but then like saying goodbye. Maybe they're doing something like that at the end of the reunion for Brandy and Carrie. I mean, we I could mean, only I hope. Think, I think we all acknowledge that they that Brandy is not going to want to be back herself, regardless yeah. of what happens with the network. With Carrie, I think the majority of us don't want her back, but I don't think that the real reunion is necessarily going to be her goodbye. For sure. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's wild. We shall see. Yeah, juxtapose that. It's like the poop and fart jokes, which if, you know, Housewives is supposed to be escapist in any way, it certainly doesn't feel it. I can't. I watch the seconds go by so slowly when I'm watching Dallas (laughs) versus Jersey, which feels just so vibrant. I feel alive when watching Jersey. And even like I usually hate a medium or a psychic scene, but like Mm. this one was so fun in part because it was so funny and so obvious that the person who was doing the mediuming was like trained and like knew everything about all these people (laughs) but it just was like the things that were like revealed or whatever it just was so great seeing Jackie in Tree's house made Mm -hmm. me feel alive just like Mm -hmm. watching Teresa have to host her nemesis and like doing a nice job. I thought it was going to yeah. be I thought it was going to be a setup. I thought that the mm-hmm. medium was going to have something to say negative about Jackie. Oh, let's talk about the husband. Let's talk about the husband, but it didn't end up being that. I I just I love Jersey. Being down at the shore with them, beautiful. Oh my god, I love shore time with them. I agree with you. I'm so happy that it wasn't a setup. As a Jewish woman, representation matters. I think we all need to forget that Sigalit was ever involved in anything <laughs> ever on Bravo and embrace the fact that here is a seemingly unproblematic woman of Hebrew faith celebrating Rosh Hashanah, mm-hmm. which is a, very, a BFD for Jews mm-hmm. and like talking about wanting to have a sweet new year you know her mom broke out the apples and honey and i was like yes bitch like this is welcome to sarah galley this is your life beautiful Mom's made a name schmalowitz mm-hmm. like yes and suffering through all those rosh hashanah meals like bat mitzvah season mm-hmm. the worst time to be a tween hebrew because every fucking saturday was taken with another bar or bat mitzvah mm-hmm. like a nightmare i want to see that represented i want to see what was your what was your bat mitzvah theme? theme broadway oh wow of course um i brought back uh one of my bat mitzvah gifts which i found in the basement of my family house the last time i was in rhode island 900 years ago which i'm staring at now which is a plastic cup that says original cast member sarah's bat mitzvah and then it has one of those little cutout things at the bottom which has um like fake plastic broadway broadway like jazz hats and shit that you can throw and my dad yeah, my dad being like very talented with like engineering and he's always done very, very creative things with gifts and shit. For my brother's bar mitzvah and my bat mitzvah, he made 200 individual Torahs. Wow. My dad is raised Catholic. That you you had a gold box, you opened the box, you saw a Torah with, tied with a ribbon, you unscrolled it and there was like Hebrew lettering left and right and in the middle like you are invited to Jeffrey Benjamin's blah, blah, blah. And people got it like nobody had ever thought. Wow. And he made each of the Torahs individually with like dowels or something. I don't even know if that's the right word. Something wood, et cetera. Again, I don't understand. That is amazing. 
yeah, we had very creative. And then my um, bat mitzvah dress was a nightmare and mm-hmm. was crushed velvet. And my mom body shamed me as a 12 year old and was like, I guess this will fit. Wow. And I felt terrible. But, wow. you know, day of my bat mitzvah, I got to wear makeup, real makeup, $15 lip gloss. And I got my first pimple and it was a big day. That's beautiful. It was a beautiful story. And I lost that lip gloss like an hour later. Sad. Um, May its memory be a blessing. <laughs> um, what else is there to say? I feel like we've talked so much about current issues, which I love, mm-hmm. and about this longer form conversation, you know, WTF, and also what to do next that I think is really important. For I'm really sure. so appreciative for you coming on. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about Come Through Queen? Oh, yeah. Named so in my honor. Thank you so it, much. It, yeah, it is. Um, so it's me and my friend Dan, and we it's a Bravo recap show, so we go – in depth on like what's happening in the Bravo universe. And then we go in all the shows right now we're doing um, all the housewives that are on plus summer house, which is a gift. (gasps) Wow. Um, Yeah. Episodes released every Friday. So can I just get your thoughts? I tried watching this week's summer house this morning and I couldn't do it. It was Mm -hmm. the first episode where I wasn't like super connected but i think that i was just in my head about other shit like mm-hmm. i need to rewatch it i've been loving summer house this season what are your thoughts oh i it's my it might be my favorite show of all the bravo shows right now it's just like the cast is fun the antics are fun they all are they're all like close friends which is like great to watch um i i love it i can't say more about how much i love it um Thoughts on Hannah's season two situation? Hannah's or third season? Oh I, yeah, I, she has. She's giving me um a second season fuck up energy, but on her like third or whatever. She's frustrating to watch and not my favorite by far. And the fact that like she came into the house this season, like opened the possibility of like Luke and wanting to be with Luke. But then she all of a sudden had this like serious boyfriend who came in and who's a total creep. Like he just like everything he says is like creepy. Oh, um, so dated him. Not literally him, but <laughs> him. I've dated people like him. So it's not, it's not a good idea. Yeah. Hannah's not having a great season and I don't think she was invited to the winter house. So there's that. With Des, I can't figure out because I do think he's attractive. He's very handsome. He's also got that like silver fox mm-hmm. thing that I die for. Sure. The PDA feels odd to me mm-hmm. because as the cast are saying, like, why aren't you talking to any of us? You guys are just like sucking face. It feels a little immature, but also Summer House is a place you go to to be immature. Yeah, but there's levels of immature. It's like they're the, you know, in high school, there was always that one couple who for some reason was always making out in the hallways. And it's like Mm -hmm. there is a time and a place for that behavior. And it is not they're making out. Des and Hannah are making out five feet from all of their cast members. And it's not just like a peck. It's like full on like grinding and licking and like tongues out it's just like i'm not trying to be sex negative but it's just like if i were their cast members i'd be like this is uncomfortable for me like go go to your room i also don't want anyone having sex in my summer bathroom bedroom or bathroom or or laundry room it's so dirty even the stuff that literally dirty even the stuff that des was saying he was like i should go like ejaculate on amanda and kyle's bed it's like you're disgusting 
I don't know. I don't like them. I don't trust them, and I think they're snakes. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> just some, just some um, light opinions. I also am just happy to see, like, Kyle and Amanda have grown so much. Mm -hmm. Carl has grown so much. My God. For sure. What I would do. What I would do for seven minutes in that laundry room. Carl, Carl. Perfect. Perfect. I love him. Right? Like, and Sierra has been such an awesome addition. And I love her saying to Luke, like, you're a piece of shit. Goodbye. Like, Mm -hmm. I have standards and you don't match them. You don't meet them. It's been really quality TV, I have to say. Yeah. I think, like, we don't need Vanderpump Rules when we've got Summer House. That's the thing. Just expand Summer House. I mean, I've been saying Fall House, August House for 100 years. Just get some, keep Summer House going and maybe with different casts. Maybe you pull in a Summer House OG, but then you stack the deck with more Southern Charmers or some maybe some VPR people and you have it in several seasons. You can have different casts for different seasons. Well, literally seasons of like temperature or whatever. With Winter House, the rumor on the street was that the Toms were supposed to be invited, but that they didn't want to leave their significant others and i guess katie and ariana the invitation was not extended to them that was a rumor at some point i could see that i could also them see them being like we are and i don't mean this in a critical way but like they're too good for the show i i I actually do think that could be true like they are super famous in the bravo Mm -hmm. sphere and i could see that being an odd it sort of like um you know, there's Bachelor in Paradise, and then there's that guy who's engaged to that girl. This is super helpful. From Modern Family. Uh, I want to say his name is Wes, but I know that's not it. Mm-hmm. There's a, a Bachelor alum who goes on Bachelor in Paradise to be, like, the jokey bartender. Right. And it might be successful. My instinct is it, it probably isn't because this person is already a big name in their own right. Like, why are they doing this side mm-hmm. move? And it feels sort of similar to the Toms going on SH. A paycheck's a paycheck. So true. Like they n- needs to pay the bills. Tom, Tom hasn't LBB been open for months. A minute. So mm-hmm. I don't know. My God. Listen, I could talk to you all day. I'm so appreciative of Brennan course. For you coming on. Where can people listen to Come Through Queen and follow you online? Wherever you get your podcast. And then I'm on Twitter at not Brendan. And then on Instagram is Brendan Davis. I love that. And guys, follow him wherever. Um, listen, Patreon, still a thing. Get exclusive bonus episodes and support little fun employed um, Susie G over here. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. You get up to four bonus episodes a month. Invites to special events. I love an AG Zoom Kiki. And you can also level up and co-host on a future Patreon exclusive episode of Andy's Girls. So go to Patreon.com slash Andy's these girls for that guys i hope you enjoyed this week's episode follow me online on instagram at dame galley i'm constantly doing polls and crazy things and posting selfies in the robe that i'm currently wearing which is a sign it's really my version of a um, friendship bracelet in addition to a tennis it's gorgeous thank you it's a sign of comfort and trust (laughs) and i i share that with you uh brendan davis so i'm so appreciative guys let us know your thoughts and feels on the New York Magazine app of it all, the kettle of it all. I hope today was informative for some of my fellow um, specifically white lady folk who are um, heterosexual who maybe took a moment and, you know, we might have challenged some thoughts Mm -hmm. about um, Carol's conversation online and why that was inherently problematic. And I hope we've, We've discussed a thing or two while we're listening, and I hope that we're 
receptive and my favorite phrase is um normalize changing your mind based on new information that's the goal we don't unlike carol and bethany we do not know it all and so i think it's important <laughs> for us to have these healthy dialogues and have differences of opinion beautiful as long as they don't harm marginalized communities that's where we draw the line um guys i hope you're staying safe getting vaccinated staying sane and brendan davis a joy as always thank you have a good one all right guys happy weekend we will chat with you soon bye, bye.